so um, I'll watch Tindo on every Saturday. Yeah, dude, he's one. Well, because he's like a really fun way to receive current news. Did you hear his like new one this week? No. Talk, they threw a baby out of the comedy store, his godson, and he was just shitting on the comedy store. <laughs> Hold on, they threw a whole baby out. They like his godson came into the comedy store, and they just were like, "The baby's got to go," and like that was the whole episode <laughs> of the podcast. Him telling the story. He's too funny because uh, he's like Alex Jones in the sense that like he's so uh over the top that you want to believe it's ridiculous until you find out everything he's saying is rooted deeply in fact well, well he like <laughs> he he grew up in long island like near like the town next to me mm-hmm. so my aunt was the mayor of his hometown and like he does a whole episode where he's talking about they're selling drugs out of a, a pizza he did are you garbage okay and he's talking about they used to sell drugs out of this pizza place yeah my brother's in-laws now own that pizza place <laughs> so like they didn't own it when people yeah. that was not them but yeah. like the guy they got it after was the one selling drugs and he told the whole story on are you garbage he's he, just and it's the same name they kept the name because it's been the name for like 50 years yeah, they didn't change. change it up yeah <laughs> but they don't sell drugs on the pizza instead of I pizza feel like every place up in like northeastern america there's it's a double entendre like it, it used to be an italian front for something so it wasn't like an italian it wasn't like a mafia place yeah. it was literally just like some kids were like we want to make some no this money. guy just was like a, i guess i don't know much about the guy but yeah. uh my brother was telling me they got caught because the cops like had a good idea it was happening and one of the pizza delivery boys walked out with a pizza box like under his arm <laughs> instead of like carrying yeah, it like dude. it was a pizza so hey. they were like all right <laughs> Yeah. First of You're all, not even fuck that anymore. Guy. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, what? What officer? No, I have a large pepperoni mixed with fucking. That LSD. being said, my my grandfather was an Irish immigrant. My dad's an Irish immigrant. Yeah. The first time they ordered pizza, like in America, he thought he would look like a loser holding it the right way. Yeah. So he walked out holding the pizza under his arm. And my all my aunts and uncles and my dad say like that night they had uh, soup like cheese and bread soup because it was just like just at the bottom of the up. box and he was like claiming it wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty stubborn. <laughs> oh shit! All right, well hold on, let's get the intro out of the way. Uh, you guys have been hearing us chit chat for a little bit, but uh, welcome back. Uh, uh, if you haven't already, I guess hit the notification button or don't, whatever. It's not like too many people are watching this anyway. But uh, I want to welcome on our guest, Mr. Mike Connell. Cheers. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming me. on. This was kind of like a, uh, not necessarily an emergency episode, but like I was like, I'm frantic for a guest right now. I was either going to do it like an Inside Me episode, which is just like a, mm. an, a 20 minute or 30 minute monologue of me, kind of like riffing or i could lock on a guest so i appreciate that do you get good bits out of doing that 100 percent. yeah that's actually how i started um so i wanted to do comedy and i had just gotten back from a deployment and um everything was shut down so like while i was deployed we got extended because of covid and so i got back and i was like fuck it i'm just gonna if nowhere's open i'm gonna run my bits through the podcast so the podcast started like summer of 2020 and then I, it wasn't until like a year later so September. you went backwards yeah 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 yeah. because i was well we started at the same place but i did like four open mics yeah at dead crow before i went to iraq mm-hmm. um and then i came back and there was like you couldn't do open mics anywhere because yeah. it was like full-blown COVID. COVID and it was like you could do the online ones and I was like I, I've only done four open mics period I'm not going to jump into zoom open mics Middle act on a zoom call yeah yes yeah. so, but I know guys that did that and yeah. like they like they like um were they already established yeah like and they were doing thing. it for a while they, yeah. they weren't like I'm going to start comedy on zoom <laughs> yeah. so I was like I did I, people always ask when I start I never say like that's when I started because yeah. I did four open mics at dead crow yeah. which is a, the room lies to you yeah. because it's like you don't have to be funny. They always get an audience, and someone's bound to laugh at something you say. Sure, yeah. So it's like it's that awesome. Gets pretty it's rough. awesome yeah. if you're a comedian, but it's not awesome if you're a new comedian. And you think you're funny because people yeah. were laughing because they were laughing because they're a good crowd. Dude, I think you should revisit because, uh, especially the open mic crowds, because like there's been a pretty big turnout 
uh, consistently for the open mics. Dead Crow's just been well. No, it was always a good. The good crowd pull. filled up. Yeah, and I was like, I remember. Oh, when so I, you're saying that people are laughing just because, not necessarily because of the content. Just, there's you're bound to make one person laugh for saying sure. a dirty word. Yeah. So it was yeah. like that's like what I was getting, okay. and it was like built false confidence. Yeah. So when I started in DC, yeah, I would do mics, and it's like you're up at 11:30 there's three homeless people on the bar yeah like one of them's jerking off in a corner and you have to just like get through your set yeah. and it's more like surviving and that's the one you making, don't know yeah 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 <laughs> it's like you want to survive you don't necessarily you're like i don't know if anyone's gonna laugh but i just want to not yeah. quit through yeah. the five minutes and then you have the hour drive home on 95 where you consider just like driving into a so telephone it's, pole it's funny that you say that because i have the similar so like everybody that goes to the open mic usually especially now um they're they either live in wilmington or like they're roughly close right i think that's what's so funny about doing comedy up here and then like me traveling from jacksonville all the way to wilmington every time i want to do it is when you have one of those bad nights and you're just driving home in silence for a fucking hour like literally just internally beating yourself up for yeah, a solid so 50 minutes of that it like would like 70 minute car ride it was i would do because if i'm up there i'm going to do as many mics as i could yep when i first when everything first started picking back up it was like you were lucky if because it was all si google sign up forms it was all people like the guys who were known would get picked first sure and then like other ones you'd have to show up to so there's one called spaghetti on the beach uh, this guy, Mark, these guys, Mark and Angel run it and it's awesome, but you had to, you used to have to get there at yeah. like four 30 to be in the top 15 for a seven 30 start. Yeah. And if you didn't get there by five 36 there, you were off the list and there was, cause there's no other rooms open and now you can go any night of the week. You could hit two, three mics. Yeah. Uh, pretty easily. And then there's a bunch in Northern Virginia as well as DC. I usually do the Northern Virginia. Uh, when I can just because it cuts 25 minutes off my drive, but uh, it's it definitely but you've it's real feedback where it's like all right No one's gonna laugh unless I'm funny because there's four people here watching Yeah, and they're all here to see the same comedian who went up already. So now they're just looking at their phones waiting to leave That one's the worst is like You can tell who brings in the crowd, right? And then uh having to deal with people's attention spans at 11 o'clock at night is probably i would say the tougher of so that's why i genuinely started uh for a couple of weeks straight i would just put myself way at the back of the list mostly because uh it like wasn't on purpose but then i was like fuck it like i'll just continue this trend i would just show up late so like if you show up it's si similar right like sign ups at seven but if you're not there at 6 30 6 15 to like get up in line you're going on late like that's it mm -hmm. and uh i don't want to do the gro i don't like bumping people i'm for sure in no like in my eyes in no position to be like bumping people um so i hate doing it i feel gross doing it anyway like if i wanted to i need to be there early if i want to get on early like that's the format i think it should take so um doing those late especially at dead crow because then like you can tell like everybody's starting to like pile out as their friends go up and then you're left to like this intimate five or six people where they're like not at the front row but they're like two three rows back just in the darkness <laughs> you just see a silhouette and you don't know if they're laughing or not and you see the glow of their cell phones <laughs> periodically yeah. yeah it's just lighting up the and bottom nothing, of their nose nothing make, is worse than just seeing those cell phones light up <laughs> Yeah, 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 and it's like not even to like. Oh, I'm gonna take a picture of this really cool comedian that I saw. It's yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. to avoid you. It's like if you could just go out into the bar area, that'd be cool. Like that's way better. I'd much rather perform to an empty room than. Yeah, but it's uh, it is phone. like an awesome place. Like to do. I mean, I I haven't seen the new one. Right, yeah. they moved. Right. Yeah. So I I went with the old. Oh, place. so you went when they were still on uh, Nut Street. Yeah. Uh, and it was that's so cool. And it was like it was super cool. <sighs> and it was, I was like, oh man, this is what comedy's like. And it's not. It's like it's a lot of doing it in bars and restaurants yeah. and hair At salons least nowadays, and right? yeah. Like, uh, I think that's what it is. Is like there's this like huge, um. I guess like burst of um, comedians, not necessarily not booking clubs, but um, trying to get the more long form 
times well, it's like there's only like so breweries. many club spots yeah. right and that's like that's the other thing right now it's all like brewery shows uh like i produce a show at a brewery called fairwinds and like it's if you get a good brewery show like they they we have never had the comics have to push out a flyer yeah uh every time the lady will post it on their social media and within an hour uh, she's like, hey, we only have 20 tickets left. Holy shit. And we're like, all right, I guess I'm not going to tell the comedians. I'd rather like your clients come so we can keep this relationship going versus yeah. like the comedians just bringing in their friends to see them. Uh, so like we've done bar shows there and they're, they're awesome. But then I've also done like, man, I did one one night where <laughs> the host called me racist. I didn't make a single race joke. Oh, no. It was in, uh, I don't want to say where it's in, just in case I will watch this, but like it was it was rough. <laughs> and it was like the audience was like all much older and stuff like that. I was doing comedy for like a month. I was like, this. yeah, this was, yeah. It's the worst when it happens and you're still like green enough in comedy to like not really clap back. And not so know, like, oh. like not know what you did wrong. Like in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. Why like, am I getting attacked? Well, like in hindsight, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I could have done such better material yeah. or just avoided this one joke that was, yeah. they were not going to like, or what phrase it a different way. And so the one way I knew how to tell it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you're just like, what the heck? You like, drive home. You're like, this, this, this <laughs> sucked. You're like, no, you sucked. Yeah, like, they were fine. Yeah. Like, but <laughs> you ruined their night. Yeah. They didn't just ruin yours. <laughs> but no, it's, there's like around here too, man. There's like, I got, I got super lucky. Cause like I've made friends with like a lot of, there's a huge veteran comedy scene. Yeah, here. I would imagine. Like massive. Yeah. Um, and one of, one of the guys, Dave McCone runs a show at like a Star Trek convention. That's fucking And he does cool. a bunch of, I think he did one yesterday in Richmond. Okay. But I did one with him like near Baltimore and uh, I don't watch Star Trek, but he's like, oh, any nerd stuff works. So I just did like five minutes of Lord of the Rings jokes. Oh, fuck yeah. That I've tried in Everywhere bars. Yeah. And people are like, I don't get who Frodo, what is going on? <laughs> did like, he I just say it, fag? Yeah. It's like, is that the, <laughs> is that the midget? Like who's like, which one's the midget? And like, so I did it there and it was like, people were loving it. Yeah. People were like, this is the best night ever. Yeah. And I was like, I love these people. Like it was a lot of adults who play with Legos. Sure. It's like how I would describe that <laughs> audience. Yeah. Cosplayers who, um, who make their own costumes. Yeah. I went straight to another show Yeah, and I told people like, I didn't have a terrible set, but it was like, I for like, I talked to a bunch of comics after and I thought I did way worse than I did. They're like, no, you're good. Like people liked your set. I go, oh, okay. And when I got to my next show that night, I was like, you guys, I told a joke that like didn't land. I was like, you guys think you're going to discourage me, but until you've bombed in front of a room full of people dressed as aliens, you've never bombed. Yeah. I was like, and I did that tonight. So I there's bombed, nothing's going to get worse. I bombed at a, uh, uh, so I forgot the mics. I thought they were going to be there. And I did a gig at a dance studio. So there's no mic. It's a, it's a, uh, a pole dancing studio. Right. And they they sought you out, so you were producing it without them when you didn't bring a microphone. So yeah, here's the thing. So Jim, the dude who uh, owns my gym, he was like, "We're having a dance recital at the because he owns a, a the pole dancing studio. He owns that business, so he's like, we're having a recital, uh, and he's always like trying to like smidge in comedy somewhere." And uh, so he invited me out, and I was like, "All right, cool, yeah, I got two other like uh, active duty comedians I could bring with me." We'll do, we'll, uh, what, five minutes each, whatever. So we work it out. I thought he had microphones because I thought he was going to be, like, bringing these girls onto stage. But they're really just, do like, it's in their studio. So, like, I thought there was going to be, like, a <laughs> stage and shit. And uh, no mics. You it was, like, like a talk. TED Talk. It was, like, a TED Talk. <laughs> and uh, I told a trans joke. And um, the trans person in the audience loved it crush yeah and then yeah three white women who felt the need to stand up did and they they asked for a public apology from him and when he said go fuck yourself they're like we're leaving he's like all right cool whatever there and so so there's a club uh called the port in baltimore and it's awesome like uh like those guys like they literally just were like hey there's a great appetite for comedy in this neighborhood open a club and now it's like good luck getting on every weekend it's like a national headliner is showing up. They That's thought cool. it was going to be like local showcases. Talking about this the other night. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a very cool spot. But I did a show there with a guy, Matt Pennington, and I just like the crowd was awesome. So I did my veteran suicide joke, 
and um, there was veterans in the audience, so I was like, "Oh, it's gonna work," because like that's who laughs at this joke. Yeah, and it was like silent, <sighs> and then uh, and then like they, I recovered, like I, I like I even got like a new tagline out of it. Sure. Because I, I basically just said, hey, guys, veteran suicide jokes are my N-word. I'm allowed to use them. <laughs> and, like, That's they love that. Yeah. And then, that like, I, like, went, I closed on, like, a bigger joke. And, like, three veterans came up to me, like, hey, man, that joke was great. I just didn't want to laugh out loud at it. And I was like, thanks, guys. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you I was know like, this. I tell those jokes because my friends who kill themselves would love, love those jokes. Yeah. That's why I tell yeah. those jokes. I thought you were going to say uh, the one dude in his wheelchair was so upset he stood up. Yeah, yeah. No, like people were upset. <laughs> yeah. This woman was like outraged. And I was like, oh, she didn't. But she up. was she was cool. After, okay. like, after she was like, I'm sorry. She's like, that was just shocking. Uh, she was like very nice about it. She just was not ready for it. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, it's all right. That's yeah. Also... Just words. That's it. Yeah. You yeah. Know. Um, so um, I kind of want to bring it back. So where did you uh, like? Where did you get your kind of upbringing? Like, where did you go to the school? Where are you from? So I'm from Long Island. Uh, like, grew up like suburbs suburbs of Long Island in like a very upper middle class town. And then there was like some of us that weren't upper middle class. Sure. I wasn't poor by any means, but like. Dad was a carpenter. Mom worked for the police department. Blue collar. Yeah, blue collar for sure. Like, uh, like there, there was like a. I was not. I, was, I do not want to make it sound like my life was hard because it was not. I had a pretty cushy, awesome life. But like, kid, there was like my hometown was also this town where like kids drove Mercedes to school for their okay. first car and stuff like that. Yeah. And like, I walked to school because my kids. mom was like, "Yeah, you can walk. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not that far." Uh, she's like, "You want a car? Get a job." And yeah. I'm like, "Okay, got it." Uh, it's just the right amount of adversity. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's it's awesome because my parents drugs. like growing up were like, you will work if you're like if you're not playing sports and you're not in school, like you're working. Like the day we turned eighteen, like my, we watched them work their butts off. So it was awesome for like me and my brothers because uh, we all have like good work ethics now. But like it was like uh, the day you turned eighteen, like even if you were in high school, the day you turned eighteen, you had to start paying rent. That's wild. And like, it wasn't crazy, right? Yeah. Like, it was not enough to live anywhere else. Like, yeah. you were like, all right, I'm only paying $200 a month. That's not that oh, bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But like, you were paying to yeah, be there. You were helping out with the bills. And I got away with more because I played sports. So my parents were like, obviously, but I would go. I worked, we all, all three of my brothers worked at a deli, Farmer Joel's. It's an awesome deli in Sounds Long Island. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we all worked there. So we would all go, uh, like, right. I was, it was great, too, because like, my mom had a tab that she'd pay at the end of the month. And I worked there, so I kept putting food on my mom's tab at lunch. And then when she went to pay it, she saw like it was all egg sandwiches for me, and she was like, "No, put it on his like employee tab." So I got paid one week, and I made like fifteen bucks. I was like, "What the hell?" And they're like, "Your mom made your own tab, so you're paying your own tab." It's like shit. But uh, no, we were like, we grew up there. It's actually the town I grew up in is like. Amy Schumer is from a town called Rockville Center. Okay. Tim Dillon is from a town called Island Park. I'm from the town that's right between those two towns. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a it was a cool place to grow up, and then um, went got a full scholarship to college to VMI. Yeah. Uh, try to walk on the football team. They're like, we don't let freshmen walk on f for football. I forget what they said, and sure. I was like. All right, cool. Uh, and I quit <laughs> like ten days there. Pulled Not the even Gillis. maybe like a week there. <laughs> yeah. I just quit. And uh, they were like, "Oh, you don't want to go? Like, you don't want to be in the military?" I was like, no, I'd rather just enlist because the cadre there kept going. Like, hey, you're not going to go to war. You better focus on being a good officer. War's over. I mean, it showed how much they knew, right? Because yeah. twelve years later, the war's still going. <laughs> but uh, they were like, uh, "You're not going to go to war." I was like, well, I want to go to war, uh, so I quit. And I quit try to enlist had like five knee surgeries so i just went to the recruiter every day until they pulled some paperwork out of my file and made it say i had one knee surgery yeah and went became an uh enlisted grunt in the marine corps yeah fuck yeah where'd you start in the marine corps uh like what was your first battalion? first oh third battalion six marines yeah, two okay. full Honden, hell yeah which is like pretty cool right the history there they're yeah. like the original like the devil dogs, is, yeah. which was, it's also a fake story that people don't know. Yeah. No one ever referred. That's not even the correct way to say devil dog, yeah. apparently. Yeah. But it was like a, a an American made so some, strong an American who is. wasn't even at the battle 
said that that's what the Germans were calling the Marines at the battle. Yeah. And he was like a reporter. Yeah. And uh, oh, that he's became. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like a he's like a New York Times reporter or something. Oh, uh, okay. And yeah, and then they became the Devil Dogs. And it's yeah. funny because if you go, have you ever been to Bellawood? Yeah. You haven't? No, 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 no. Oh, Sorry, so I, I went. I, I went like two summers ago. <laughs> And it, it was like it was <laughs> yeah. pretty funny because the battle like it was mostly army guys there oh that's wild yeah like the bellwood itself like is a small it's it's crazy how small it is yeah and that was the only place where the marines were yeah but it was pretty cool because the town there like that our cab driver like we were trying to take a cab back during like lunchtime where they all go home and nap and eat baguettes or something because it's france yeah and they uh the the cab driver was like no i'll come pick him up he's a marine i'll come pick him up because his family was like saved by the marines like a yeah, hundred years yeah, earlier yeah, dude put some respect yeah on i was you. like that's cool and he like tried not to charge us we gave him like 50 bucks because he wasn't even they were, we weren't even supposed to be able to get a cab and we gave him like 50 bucks for like a 10 dollar fare because he was well, isn't it weird yeah. so like I, uh i remember so my first appointment was to libya so we didn't really get too much like we were on the embassy we were like were you at two nine yeah really yeah that was my first battalion. Yeah, what year was that? Uh, that would be from 2012 to 2015. Dude, we got a do you know Kaufman, Dan Kaufman? Yeah, get the hell out of here. We know yeah. a lot of the same people. I went to boot yeah. camp and SOI with those guys. Okay, yeah. So you know Steinbaum. Uh, yeah, Steinbaum or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I could never pronounce his name right. But yeah, yeah. I know. I know of him. I, I wouldn't say we're like really close friends it's weird because like, i have another friend named dan kaufman who's a comedian who oh, might watch <laughs> this it's not that dan kaufman it's a yeah. different dan okay. kaufman he's a cop um, now in california who else uh, i'm trying to think of because um now that i think about it when i think back to those times man those guys were really fucked up like marja too so like um, that's all your seniors yeah yeah man so like <laughs> Uh, Marja, the Marja one guys. Yeah, so my well, yeah, best, they were still my best in, friend. Right? Like they were processing. Out. My best friend uh, was a Marja one guy, yeah. and he's uh, yeah, like he's. I work with him at up here, and um, he, I remember on that Libya deployment, um, Billy J, my first team leader, uh, dudes out of his mind, love him to death. Um, but he had like he, I guess he was at the PB when Carpenter. Uh, hit the grenade and uh they one of the lieutenants who i think had just like picked up uh captain like went went up to him and told him that like hey he got the he got the medal and like we're all confused i'm like who yeah. got what medal man oh and he's like, yeah that's, got the fucking yeah because i remember that because uh two guys in three six came from two nine yeah okay and i was friends with both of them uh that was pretty cool my first deployment was a udp so deployment yeah i uh, was okinawa and one of my senior they put me in a room by alphabetical order so everyone was scared of this dude cooper who i'm friends with still to this day he's an awesome guy everyone was petrified of him so he was like a marja one vet lance yeah. corporal for like an njp sure but like all his boots were my seniors okay and they would never knock on our door <laughs> to so like funny, make yeah. me police call and shit yeah. like that and like one time they knocked on my door and they're like we need connell to police call and he was like no you don't i need connell for something else you fucking loser and kick the guy out <laughs> and he's like hey you can't go out and police call now because i told him i needed you for something so like i had it pretty skate yeah uh and like it was pretty awesome him we and this guy in. miller were my roommates and they were best friends <laughs> i ended up going to like dc and partying with miller before i was even stationed here like yeah. they were just like let's go to a soccer game got wasted on adams morgan like passed out on the steps of a bar it was pretty awesome yeah i uh i lucked out similarly where i would um i would dd for a lot of those seniors out to like surf city and shit like mm -hmm. that and uh we would just all get drunk and then like end up trying to find a taxi. Like they were just always like they were doing that thing where they wanted to pass on like all this love. Like you're you're gonna love it, man. Don't worry. Like this is when we all still thought we were going to fucking Afghan because like our company got fucked out of Afghan. So like Fox went to Libya. That was Echo the, and weapons. They to told they told Afghan. us like, hey, you're going on to UDP, uh, and we're like, all right, cool. And then like our seniors are like, don't get you're not you're going to afghanistan we're like yeah. what they're like that's how it works they're going to tell you it's going to be something fun and that like they were all marshall one guy it was funny because the difference between the marshall one guys and the march two guys 
where the Marja One guys were like tired of Afghanistan. Sure. And they're like, Marja One, like we went for Marja Two, and then Marja Two was like pretty lame. And then they're like, they fought hard as fuck too, and, that first one. Not saying that the yeah. second go round wasn't, but like, but like the second one was more like, so like I did, I got really apps, lucky because yeah. I got to go with Marsoc eventually yeah. to Somalia and then Iraq. And your life is very different because yeah. you have like, if you don't have your own room, like in Somalia, I had my own room sure. where like everyone built their own furniture. So like your room was pretty sweet. sweat. Yeah. And then uh, Iraq, I had one roommate, but like, you would it was funny because just on the other side of our compound wall was like the big army and the big marine corps and they're like 30 guys in a tent they have to like rotate the yeah. days where you take showers yeah. we're like working out it's the shit that uh, yeah. wears on you like those like well, it's people the stuff it's the stuff too where it's like i remember like being a boot and being like yo is it like being on the range with marsoc guys yeah. i'm like yo those are marsoc guys you don't realize like the, what the real benefit is the real benefits like the little wi-fi things. and being able to shower and like getting hot chow yeah. wearing civvies on deployment like yeah. that's really the benefit like to uh, me it would be the facial hair that's the biggest uh, like, they yeah, don't really get that i know because we were told we'd have it in africa and then we got it taken away yeah and then when i was in iraq we kind of got it because uh covid hit yeah. they didn't want anyone leaving to get haircut so i came back from iraq with like yeah your hair is really i had long. really long hair like you longer could, like, than it's ever been yeah it, right? i yeah. used to have to put a ponytail on the gym uh, on and I was like, I'm on deployment, and my hair is in a ponytail in the gym. For everybody that's listening, so if you've never been in the Marine Corps, like in the military, you're kind of not. Re- yes, you're required. Every two weeks, you're supposed to get a haircut uh, because of a lot of the like isms of the Marine Corps. Um, it then turns into like every week. So the problem becomes, uh, depending on your command, and by command I mean like your sergeant major, or like uh, a civilian side equivalent would be like, you know the the you know whoever's the leader of your like section. So like if you're in a marketing section or uh, like your manager, essentially wants you to get a haircut every fucking week, and they're not going to pay for it, but they're going to tell you to get it, and they're going to get in your ass uh, if you don't get it. And um, what I mean by getting in your ass is. Uh, it's not necessarily the ass chewing that everybody's scared of. It's the ridiculous knee jerk reaction that these guys will usually have once they find out that there's uh, haircuts not getting got. Well, it was funny too because we the first one we had, he's a good guy, right? Like sure. people butt heads with him, uh, but he's a really awesome. Like Prior in hindsight, hat. he was. Yeah, I mean they all are. Uh, I don't actually know if he was, but yeah. he certainly acted like he was. Sure. But he's a really good guy, and. Uh, He's like, hey, before we go back, we're all getting haircuts. And the colonel was like, no, we're not. He's like, if anyone keeps us from going home, we're already going home late. If anyone keeps us from going home because they get COVID, he's like, because they got a haircut, he's like, I'll take the risk. Like, you can go back and get yelled at for not having a haircut. Yeah. And we're like, all right, cool. So we went back, and then we were like 10 days quarantine. And we're like, are we supposed to come check back in? with?" And then you had to like, when you got quarantined, when you, even when you came back from that, you had to go back away for like 10 yeah, days transitioning to your to yeah so back they, to your unit no not even that it was like they didn't want us checking out of Marsoc for me and the other guy me and uh, corbett so they were like just don't come back for five days so we basically got two weeks of free leave yeah. but it was COVID, so you like, couldn't leave your house yeah. but uh when i cut my hair i was like i'm not going back there without like i'm gonna i don't get like chewed out and we go back and no one has a haircut you're like you're quarantined you're not supposed to go out and get a haircut i was like oh god damn. i could have had long hair so that's why i like the uh the community right now uh like coming from the infantry to like that very adult based like oh uh, dude mindset. you have the early days of makayak i feel like i had I, just missed those and so not I, early right because they started in what 2012 or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. i get like, what you're saying the like right before it went primary yeah so i got there in 2016 end of 2016 and it was like i showed up and um i was like sitting around we we're just like on the computer i'm like there like there would be like classes here and there like guys would give classes and then it like 11 a.m. would hit. People be like, "Oh, it's lunch." I go, "Okay." And like, you want to go to the gym? And I'd be like, "Yeah." And we go to the gym like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. And then uh, I'd be like, "And we PT'd that morning." And I'd be like, "What do we do now?" And they're like, "Oh, we'll go pick up food and we'll go back to the office." So you like then from like 12, like from like one to two, you ate, 
and then we would do afternoon PT. So like guys were like, I'm fat now, but guys were like, when I got there, it was all former grunts. We were all in the best shape of our lives, like deployment shape, because you couldn't leave. You had to be there, but like if you were PTing, that was fine. You do classes, like I would crush. I would read like a book a week, like in the office, like. And you didn't have a lot going on, and you your team, your deploying team, made their own schedule. Yeah. So you'd sign yourself up for schools, you go TAD to schools and stuff like that. Yeah. And then that started to go away, and it it, came, it was like back and forth for a while because we had guys that like let it, officers that let it be that way, like um, like you know I don't want to like say anyone's name on here, I guess. Yeah, but like, I, I get what you're like saying. Like the, the major that we had a major that was changed his name. That was uh, out in California now. That's like a he was not great but the one after him was awesome sure um so he used to be very cool which about really it too. speaks to uh i think the marine corps as a whole too like it's so your experience is very dependent on the shiny that is above dude you. i got so lucky i like because i checked into three six all my friends who went to other battalions hated their seniors and were like i'm getting out in four years my seniors were all like exactly as badass as you'd expect them to be. Yeah. Like one of them, I remember the first thing my gunner in my truck said to me, he was a 0331. Uh, he did sang in with two eight and he, uh, he looks at me in formation and goes, you lift weights, pussy. And I was like, he's a big dude from Boston. I just got his number recently. I've been tech, I've been texting with him. He's fuck. He was awesome. Cassiola. He's awesome. Exactly what you think like a machine gunner is. A six foot four dude, jacked out of his mind. Rocky I remember here. I would work out with him, and he was like, "Listen, Connell, the whole goal of working out needs to be." If I had to, could I throw someone through a car windshield? And you're like, what? He's like, I want to be able to throw someone my size through a car windshield. But that's like what you wanted in a grunt. Like that's like, oh, I want to be like him. Yeah. And like those were my seniors. Can so I, I was like, Ben Steele. And they hated the Marine Corps. So I respected them that so much that it didn't make me hate the Marine Corps. Yeah. But they hated the Marine Corps. So I stayed in. And they they were always like, you're going to be a lifer. I was like, I'm not. Uh, I was like, I even at one point, I was like, maybe. And then uh, I did my second deployment. It was a Mew. I was, I, I'm telling you right now, like, I don't think I could ever have the capacity to kill myself because I didn't kill myself on that deployment. I really think, like, I've now been on, like, combat deployments and I've been on, like, a UDP. Yeah. But being on that Mew, the fact that I didn't jump overboard and, like, try to get eaten by a shark shows that i'm resilient and that goes for everyone on that the, was dude that was the, my last one the 24th mew in on the uss new york yeah if you didn't we did have one person jump off the ship he was yeah. in the navy but he jumped off the ship they're the only ones with the real balls around here. yeah he was a fireman <laughs> he we looked for him with saber systems oh, our saber systems found him so like me, I was behind a saber, and another yeah. guy was behind a saber. And I was like, I think I see something, and I like was calling out like like where it was. Yeah. And then as the ship passed it, the other saber was like, "Yep, got it," and followed it. They sent an osprey up. It was a person. So like they found it. We ended up because they were like, "So hold on, nobody even knew he was gone." No, yet. no, they knew he was gone. Okay. And then they're like, "Everyone say, everyone stay in their birthing. No one." At, like, because we have to make sure, every- which is the fucking worst. So right. I got it right. Like, actually, the we were on the USS New York. It's a brand new ship, so you could sit up in your rack. Oh fuck yeah! Man. So we yeah. were we're like, but it's it's. <laughs> I forgot about this. Actually, I'm not gonna say the guy's name. I don't know what yeah. the rules are, like for that. Yeah. But like, they're like coming over uh, the speaker, and they're like kept saying his name. Like, we're not mad at you, buddy. If you're hiding on the ship somewhere, just come out. And like the captain kept coming over and trying to talk to this kid, uh, and then. We were like, I like I said it to like my squad leader. My squad leader's like, that's a good point. Who's my good buddy Pete? And he goes up to our platoon sergeant and goes, "Hey, Gunny, like, it doesn't. We have like eight million dollars of like high powered thermal optics in our armory for just our. Why don't we all go look? So we started taking shifts looking, yeah. and they circled back to where they were five hours before when they lost accountability of them. Yeah. And we saw him. This dude just floated, just bobbed in the water. He jumped in the water off the coast of Florida, changed his mind, and blew his boiler suit up and just floated <laughs> for five hours. And they found him. So he jumped with the intent to die. Yeah, he like, wanted to kill himself. It. And then was like, hit the water. Oh, and I was like, ah, I don't think I want to die yeah. anymore. And like, uh, That's a shitty death. The dude lived. I mean, I hope he's like, cool I, now, yeah. I hope he's, we found him. I hope he's like happy and healthy now. Yeah out of the navy <laughs> how crazy would it be yeah. if he was still in the navy 
Uh, he was like, actually, think, you know what? I don't what? think I you could. Yeah, 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 I don't think you could be in the Navy. But, dude, that shit was like... The Navy's weird, man. Like, the Navy was like... I remember we'd go sit in the chow hall, and they, like... Uh, they like segregate themselves by race because we would just sit with anyone yeah. like in the Marines, right? You'd have like a Marine platoon walk in and it's five guys. They're all, di- they all look different yeah. and they'd sit down at a table with like random Navy guys. Yeah, have you seen that picture of like the, the, it was like, it says a uh, barracks party and it's like a, a dude wearing a sombrero with like a full Mexican it's, outfit. There's like yeah, a, a, but that's a, true, a white, uh, like, like a skinhead. I'm not saying there's not pieces of shit who are like racist in the Marine Corps, but I'm saying but like, also like if you're a good if you have a good squad with you, you're gonna yeah, stomp, you're gonna stomp that dude out because everybody knows that that's not right. Well, that's the yeah, that's the thing. The we had like we had we had a dude who like was uncomfortable, <laughs> and like in hindsight, like we should have like brought him in the fo- the fold more. Uh, but he was a good buddy of mine, and uh, I talked to him about it like when all the George Floyd stuff was happening. Sure. I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" He was like, "Dude, you guys weren't." He's like, "You guys, for the most part, were, were like fine." He's like, "The stuff you did was you're just ignorant to." I was like, oh, "Okay, that made me feel a little better." Like he, he's like, "You guys weren't like mean or anything." I was like, "Okay," but um, no, it was like, uh, man, it was weird. We found a fireman who jumped off the ship. And uh, <laughs> we went out there. The yeah, yeah. We like we went out there and we found him, and it's it was pretty cool, man. And then the deployment that was miserable. I was like, I'm getting out. I verped. My verp got approved, which is yeah. to get out early. And then my buddy woke me up, and he goes, "Hey, man, we're gonna go do this thing called psychological operations." And he's like, "We're gonna go play death metal." on loudspeakers when we get in gunfights in Africa. So you, and that's exactly what I did. And he could not extend? have guessed that. So did you no, have to I re-enlisted. Oh, okay, I re-enlisted. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I, my verb got approved. I didn't sign the paperwork. Okay. So my, my EAS didn't change. And then, um, uh, yeah, I re-enlisted and uh, ended up, man, a year later in Africa in a gunfight playing. Actually, it wasn't playing death metal. We were blasting Journey. Okay. Uh that works yeah, yeah yeah over the loudspeaker we played a lot of stuff but like uh the team i was with was partial to stitches are you familiar with stitches yeah oh yeah Come we're on. playing playing a lot of stitches south yeah. florida right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's a good shit. i actually really like stitches now yeah. but i used to think they're so goofy and yeah. ridiculous it's and like when uh when uh riff raff was like first coming out and he had like uh like uh panameric panda and he had fucking uh, what is it like Ace of Spades like all those albums. Well, it was funny because they were like when I introduced myself to the team, I was talking about all our capabilities, and one of the guys was like, "Hey, could you blast?" Because they were getting into stitches and they were laughing. They were watching a YouTube video with him. They go, "Could you blast this song on a speaker while we do a raid?" One hundred percent. And I was like, "If that's all you need from me, I'd be happy to do it." <laughs> and uh, we did a training raid, and uh, but after the op four. Uh, this is going to be pretty funny. You should clip this. After the Op 4 <laughs> said during the raid, they couldn't communicate with each other because the speaker was echoing into the building they were in. Yeah. And it was just blasting brick in your face by <laughs> Stitches. And they were like, uh, they're like, I couldn't hear anything. All I could hear was <laughs> Stitches bricking your face. But uh, all the other guys had like the good comms so they could actually yeah. talk to each other yeah. without like screaming into the microphone. Sure. And these guys could only communicate by yelling to each other. And, uh, they couldn't yell to each other because breaking <laughs> your face was on. Yeah. There's no shoot, move, communicate when you got Stitches yeah. playing. Yeah, and Stitches is awesome, man. I, re- I respect Stitches. I respect the fuck out of him, too. He, uh, I think he had like some beef with a bunch of people, too. He was supposed to like do like this celebrity fight, if I remember correctly, uh, like way back in 2015 or something like that. I think it was like, it, it was when I think I was on the UDP that there was like a bunch of shit going on with Stitches. Listen, if Stitches is part of your small po- podcast following, I'd be happy <laughs> to come out and train with Stitches. <laughs> I would love to roll with stitches, box with stitches, uh, anything with stitches. If yeah. stitches would like to hang out with me, yeah. I will pay the money to if travel. He just wants I know to he doesn't like. He has the money to travel because he's he stitches. loves cocaine. He <laughs> mentions it several times in a song that he loves selling blow. That's an actual <laughs> lyric. Is I love selling blow. So stitches, if you're listening, yeah, please, uh, please reach out. So either one of us, yeah. you can hit me nicked at night official at Gmail. Um, no, but uh, so you you finished with the Marine Corps and you were like, "Fuck, man." Um, there was no. I had a job lined, lined up. up. Yeah, so it was funny because uh, I knew I was getting out. I denied orders. Okay, I actually denied orders. Okay. Uh, no, Cali. Okay, to go back to the infantry. Yeah. Um, I was selected as staff. I didn't re-enlist as a psyop. Right? I didn't lat move. Uh, so uh, I was selected as staff. Right, 
I was the first round of staff sergeants to not get promoted because of the new rule, which like people are were like, man, that rule sucks. I was like, it's a good rule. I just don't benefit from it. Yeah. So, which, uh, thank you for that, right? Because there's a lot of people who are like, yo, fuck that rule. Fuck it's this. It's a fuck really that. good rule. And like, when it benefit, like people love shitting on stuff that the Marine Corps puts out. And I'm I'm by no means a, a Marine Corps nut rider. Yeah, I think no. some shit should get changed. But like, I told people, people are like, oh, that sucks. They're like, hey, it's a good rule though. Yeah. Like, I had like a friend who got promoted to staff sergeant the day before he EAS'd, and they had to, and he was because he didn't write the board to say yeah. he wasn't staying in. Yeah. So I, I didn't get promoted. Uh, which caused all sorts of problems because now I had guys who are like junior to me my last few months get promoted and like try to talk to me like property. Oh my God. And I was like, I will throw you a fucking beating. I'm getting out <laughs> in three months. You think I need the honorable discharge? I will kick the pit dog piss out of you. What, best case scenario is other than honorable. There was, it. it was great because towards the end, there were like two gunnies that were like, for some reason, had it out for me. Um, and like maybe I did something stupid. There's a good chance that happened. Sure. But they started to do real stupid shit. Okay. Uh, like, like just fucking with your time. Well, they were like, uh, they called me and they're like, hey, and I had just come home from Iraq and then I was going to 29 Palms for a month to okay. train some guys in 29 Palms. So for, I was going. Uh, wow, what is that? Uh, MTX. No, I was like, I was going to Pendleton and 29 Palms, but they're literally just like gave me a rental car, gave me some equipment, and they were like, you need to drive to all these different places and train guys. Okay. So I trained like really good guys from like one MIG, um, mostly is who I was dealing with. And then I, I trained some some people from Makayak that were out of 29 Palms. Yeah. And they like all did a really good job, but I was going out to do that, and I had just gotten home from Iraq. I had two weeks home before I had to do that. Yeah. And uh, I get a phone call, and they're like, hey, you have a 24-hour duty tomorrow. I was like, no, I don't. And they were like, what? I was like, I'm not doing that. I said, you have to sign the duty roster the month before. I didn't sign it. They were like, yeah, well, if you don't do it, we already have people have two duties already. So if you don't do it, someone's, someone else is going to have two duties. I go, well, it sounds like someone Somebody else is going to have two, two duties because I'm going away. I haven't been home yeah. for a year because yeah. when you do the MARSOC deployments, you're gone for six months in the workup. Work yeah. and, and I was only seeing my, like, my family on weekends. So I drove back. Uh, I was like, I'll, like, I'm not in California. I was like, I'm not doing this. And I was like, here's the deal. I was like, you guys figure it out. I was like, or I'm going to request mass. And they're like, what? I was like, I'm going to request mass. And they were like, you're going to really request that. And then they were like, trying to talk me out of requesting mass. And you can't do that. Like you le- yeah, legally can't legal, do that. Yeah. So I was like, sounds like you're trying to talk me out of requesting mass. And they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> So it's I was like, right. I was like it's so, right. so, yeah, that's what they kept doing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you have till three o'clock for me to fi- to figure it out. If I'm still supposed to have duty at three p.m., uh, I'm requesting mass, which is what that's for. Also. And they were like, okay. And uh, at like three thirty, I still hadn't heard anything, so I sent them the request mass paperwork. <laughs> I was like, hey, just uh, wanted you guys to see it before I submit it, and see if you have any. Yeah, is there any grammatical errors? Uh, yeah, no, here? it was like basically like any notes you would like me to include. And uh, it basically called them both incompetent. And my favorite thing to do when I did that, because it asked how you want the situation to be rectified in the request mass paperwork. And I would always say, I just want this gunnery sergeant to receive a formal counseling from the company commander. So it's just like, I don't even want them in trouble. I don't want them fired. I want them to have to sit down with a grown man who's going to tell them what a bad job they're doing. <laughs> So for everybody that doesn't know, like a, a counseling in the Marine Corps is essentially like going to talk to, I would assume like an HR or like in a quick, it's like a slap on the wrist. It's just some paperwork to annotate that we have had this conversation yeah. and what the conversation Sometimes, was about. It was funny because one time I did it and the, it got, the situation got fixed. It was with the same gunny. The situation got fixed and I wasn't going to submit it. And the company, acting company commander, the company commander was TAD, goes, hey, uh, your request, request mass paperwork. I was like, yeah, don't worry. I was like, it all got fi- figured out. Like, uh, I'm not going to submit it. He goes, no, nah, I need you to submit it because that guy just lied about something else. <laughs> He's like, I w- he needs to be formally counseled. I said, okay. Yeah. So I submitted it. And uh, he got formally counseled. Yeah. I was like, all right, sir. Like, That's that shit. So uh, I remember the first time I met you was uh, actually at the when you and um, another dude were going around from battalion to battalion, essentially doing the road show. Oh, for, Correa! It was me so, and Correa. Uh, 
I when you guys were doing the road show, you guys came to one eight, and that was like the first time I met you. Yeah, you guys were like your first way, sergeant brought yeah, us there. Yeah, he's he cool. Really like cool. I was super cool for yeah. a first sergeant, especially yeah. was super cool. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's since got out, but um, uh, the first sergeant. Korea. Chris, first first Chris sergeant ever to call me bro. Yeah. He was like, nah, relax, bro. I was yeah, like, Yeah, he was the <laughs> um I think Alpha Company at that time. Uh solid dude, but he was like previous psyop too, yeah. I think. So that's why he was so chill with you guys. Um but I remember when you guys were giving us the brief, it was like I was essentially teeter-tottering on, on re-enlisting or not. And I was like, I, I, I don't want to do infantry anymore because it's the same cycle. I had done eight years, four deployments. Like I'm like, I need something other than a UDP. And then you guys were just like, hey, do you guys like doing like most of the infantry stuff, but without all the gay stuff? And I was yeah, like, yeah. That's exactly guys, what it is. <laughs> you guys were like, do you want to like maybe do college on the side too and get a degree? I was like, well, well I never thought about it, but yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest scam <laughs> in the Marine Corps is that, like they don't, well, for grunts, they don't teach you that you can take college. Like, 100%. You they're like, you shouldn't take it. it. You don't really have time for it, which you totally have time for also it. also feels almost illegal for them to be able to like, to like I can understand. You. Like, yeah, like for you to be like, I can't go the, to the, the money's like, there. I could have finished my degree yeah. in the Marine Corps if I if they if I just did it when I started. Yeah. It's you get money you don't pay for classes. Yep. You take one class at a time. It takes almost no time. It's yep. like an hour and a half, two hours of work a week. A discussion post and a fucking journal. Yep. Like it's nothing. Yeah. And you could have three credits every I think it's like five weeks at AMU. Yeah. So it's like well, why one of uh the University of Global Campus Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. UMUC. Yeah, University of Maryland, Maryland University yeah. Global Campus. And I've just, dude, I've just, yeah, I've just been getting slayed with courses too. So I just finished PME and then I came to this course. So like, I remember my friend went to that right course, now. and I was like, uh, I was like, that's not a real school. I was like, you're so dumb. That's like, that's you definitely don't have the school name right because the University of Maryland University Global Campus. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, that what? sounds like if you were, <laughs> that is the embodiment of a community college. I was like, that's not a real thing, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's not that the school I went, I went to AMU. Is this uh, accepted? When, <laughs> when I transferred to George Mason, which is like a pretty good school, yeah. uh, they were like, I was like a credit away from a degree and they were, I just wanted to use all my GI Bill money. So I was like, I'll switch to George Mason and use it towards a master's. And they're like, hey, like 80% of these classes are not real things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like because well, I took like I took a degree in like military studies and sure. that's not a degree anywhere yeah. so they were like yeah this whole class on like military strategy that that we don't have a, an equivalent of that so the best case scenario you end up on the history channel breaking down the Civil that's War. what I want to do <laughs> yeah. I like yeah yeah I was like so like can't I just get that yeah. they're like yeah. and I am I'm a, a Russian history major okay and a, a Russian history a or I'm a double major in Russian history Russian language and culture which is so hard. Do not ask me to speak Russian because I can't do it. Yeah. And then a minor in religion. Well, they have like the, it's like the conglomeration of like every, every language I feel like put together. Cause you have to like roll those R's. There's like, oh, you know, it's, it's the complexities the of alphabet. Chinese. Le learning the alphabet. The alphabet yeah. Because it's the same letters. They just make different sounds. Yeah. So, uh, like there's a comedian who runs a room out here. He's very like Dwayne white. He's, he worked in the army. Yeah as a Russian linguist. So he helped me with my Russian homework. Okay. And he was making fun of me because instead of when I was spelling out words to him, instead of being like saying the Russian letter, yeah, I'll be like little B, little L backwards R. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Ilya. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> I, uh, I've been, dude, I've been married to my wife. She's, she's Hispanic and I've been trying to learn Spanish for 10 years now. And like I Does get she, good. And she speaks it. No, I've whitewashed the fuck out of her. <laughs> yeah. So I. It was funny. She I, still understands it, but she's she doesn't. She's I speaking it. took Spanish in high school. A lot of my teachers, with the exception of my history and English teachers, thought I was retarded. <laughs> but I was like an AP history and English. Yeah. But every other class, I was like, I couldn't sit still. Yeah. Uh, like as a kid, a doctor was like, hey, he might have ADHD. And my mom was like, he doesn't need pills. He'll be all yeah. right. Same boat. And that's like what, so, uh, but like history, like I remember uh, when I would walk into my Spanish class, my Spanish teacher 
would take away whatever history book I was reading. She'd be like, no, you're not sitting in the back. You have to do Spanish today. Yeah. And I didn't bring anything to class with me. <laughs> um, and I remember- So I, hold on. You were just you were just cold walking into classes with, with a fucking history with like a, book. Yeah. And you're like, I remember the book, fuck you. The book she took for me the day where she was like, you're not reading in yeah. class. She's like, if you behave, I'll give it back to you. It was like when they would take yeah. cell phones away. How about we talk about the fucking they Spanish-American took, War, yeah, bitch? Yeah, they took away <laughs> Stephen Ambrose D-Day. It was yeah. the book they took oh. away from me uh and she took it away she's like you can have it back at the end of the day yeah i was like yo and she was we like, would do some uh we would do some like military studies too because i did a uh, rotc yeah in, oh in we high didn't school. have that in my high school yeah. so uh we would do a lot of the uh essentially it's like a like a military breakdown like all right we're like well like we'll do essentially military history so then we just started breaking down a bunch of the different uh battles within like world war ii within the korean war um super cool stuff i feel like that should be so i had i got really lucky a lot of uh, other my high school had a lot of electives sure because they had money so like we had like post-world war ii history was like a uh, class okay. you could take we had like a ton of hi extra history classes you could yeah. take but uh i remember yeah she took my book away and then when i had the spanish oh, regents test yeah she was like, this kid's going to fail because he doesn't. But I worked in a deli where yeah. no one spoke English. And I worked in a pizza place where no one spoke English. So my like at work, I spoke Spanish. Yeah. And my two brothers, like I'm okay. My two brothers are fluent in Spanish. Sure. Both work, can do work, like their jobs in Spanish. Uh, my little brother's like insane at it. My older brother learned it in the deli, like the same way. Yeah. So he knows like mostly curse words and slang, sure. but he's good. Like he can speak it to, he's a, he's an x-ray tech and he can speak it to people. Yeah. Uh, My like, lifeline is always just well, como se dice. Well, he could do, <laughs> he could, he could like talk to people while he's giving them x-rays. Like they'll bring people in who are Spanish speakers yeah. uh, and they'll use him. Is there a big market for that as yeah, like a resume thing as far well, as Well, yeah, like, yeah, for him because he's, yeah. bi he's technically bilingual. Yeah. So uh, I remember, and now he's learning Latin. My brother's, a my older brother's a freak. Barely graduated high school. He's now in the medical field That's how it goes, and like, learning Latin. He's just seeing And Spanish. he's like, reads books. He's like <laughs> yeah. insane. So he like reads more than I do now. He's a nut. But uh no, like uh, both my brothers are like absurdly smart guys. My little brother was like a scientist. Like yeah. people are like, what is your little brother? Do? I was like, I think he's a scientist. He's not, <laughs> yeah. he's an engineer. <laughs> yeah. But like he Same does thing. something with like water. Sure. Uh, and oh, is he going to solve our fucking fuel or fuel crisis? I don't know. Probably he's, <laughs> but so I go sit down for the test with this lady. I'll get back to my little brother though. But yeah. I, I go sit down with this lady and like the written regents part of the test is like big, but it's not as big as the speaking part. And you pull an index card and that's your topic. And uh, the topic I pulled was like, you're working in a restaurant. Tacos. And uh, I was like, yeah, it was literally like you're working in a restaurant. So you just like really don't even have to speak. You just have to say restaurant related words. Yeah. And I just started talking to her in Spanish and I saw her face change. And you only have to talk like five sentences yeah. back and forth. And she goes, I'm going to be a, por favor, yeah, yeah, una, literally like that's what it was. And she goes, uh, she goes, I'm going to be honest. I was surprised. I go, what do you mean? She goes, I had you marked down as like the students. Like, I know I'm going to get in trouble. They're probably going to fail. She goes, I really don't think you failed. You were like one of the better speakers. Yeah. I was like, I was speaking at work. She goes, you use a lot of slang. It wasn't like good Spanish. Yeah. But I was like, I uh, like a talk at work. And then she realized like I wasn't. Uh, like a moron. Yeah, like I had yeah. another Spanish teacher. Used to, she just didn't care. She's retiring. She used yeah. to let me read the book in the back of the classroom. Yeah, sure. She's like, just sit in the back. I go, okay. And I sit there and read like yeah. a history book. Don't worry about it. She's like, just be quiet. Like as long as you're not disruptive, I'll give you a C. But my little brother, me and him just got invited back to our, this was last year, to our high school to speak to students. Oh, that's really cool. And he was like the favorite science student. Uh, and I was just like, I played sports and stuff like that. I was a football and baseball yeah. captain. And uh, I'm like going around and I'm like, what am I allowed to say to these kids? They're like asking me, have you ever killed anyone? I'm like, I don't know what I'm allowed to tell you. Uh, and then um, I remember like I go sit in on my little brother speaking. I was like, yeah, can I, I had a free period. I was like, let me go see what he's doing. And he has a slideshow up. And the first slide says, what the fuck is in the water I'm drinking? I'm like, you're allowed to curse. He goes, dude, were you cursing in high school? I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that's yeah, true. true. He's like, they don't give a shit. Yeah. He's like, you can do whatever you want. He's like, yeah. he's, gonna, he's like, I have to make water interesting. At least yeah. you're talking about war. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, but his, like, I was sitting there learning about water. I'm did taking notes like a, on my phone. Did you make a really cool uh, assimilation to hockey and war? I feel like no, that would be a really cool. I don't really, it was just weird, right? Because it's, uh, I remember, like, after my first deployment, some girl was like, you never shot at anyone, did you? I was like, yeah. 
And she goes, what? And like, she was shocked. I was like, I, wait, yeah, maybe. Like, I didn't know how to talk to people. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I didn't make it. I just like, I just went back. It was funny though, because like, uh, I was like sitting, it was like kind of weird. I was like sitting with a World War II vet and we were just talking, he was talking about war with me. Yeah. He wanted to talk to someone about war. Yeah. And it was really cool to be talking to like a 95-year-old man, not as like a 95-year-old man, but as a guy who also experienced this weird thing that a lot of guys don't get to experience. Yeah. And it turned into like a group of people around the table because people all walk up to him like he's like a, like a cute old man, yeah, war hero, man, like superhero. Yeah. And they're like, that's amazing. And like me and him were just talking like buddies. Yeah. And he's like talking shit to me. Yeah. He like wanted to see a picture was of my he, fiance. And he's was, like, she's hot. Like he didn't say hot, but whatever he said, he was like made a, a 19, was like he a Marine? Comp. Was he in no, the Pacific? Pacific he was, he was at D-Day. Oh my God. Yeah. So he knew my neighbor who had just passed away that year, who was a, a World War II vet. Holy shit. So I was like, Hey, did you know this guy? He's like, yeah, yeah of course I knew him. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, yeah, we were just like shooting it. Like you two guys would at any yeah. two veterans would anywhere who were close in age. And, uh, like I turn around and like two ladies are crying. I was like, what? this is weird yeah. now. I was like, now I was it's like, a weird, like, I was like, can I hang out with this guy the rest of the day? They're like, they're like, no, he needs to go. It was like nine 30 in the morning. And they're like, he's been here since seven. He's got to go home and take a nap. <laughs> yeah, dude, and I'm he's like, no, I don't. And he's like, they're like, yeah, you do. Like he, apparently like I talked to people whose class he was in and they're like, he would be very graphic about killing people. And I was like, this dude is awesome yeah when you stab it up through the chin yeah you feel yeah like yeah warm you like blood through your fucking fingers dude we had a <laughs> i remember <laughs> that was like the best day of high school we had human relations day which they just have like amazing people yeah. come speak so we'd have like uh we had we'd have like uh we'd have um world like veterans we'd have a ton of holocaust survivors because long island has a lot of jewish people sure so that would be the crazy one right like i remember being like in ninth grade and like crying yeah and like what the like it would be like moving and i remember one time we had this guy and uh my friend was like dude did you have that guy i was like no and he this guy like went in and he was like talking about his experiences surviving the holocaust and he started talking about like he was 13 so he was going through puberty and he was jerking off in a closet while laying next to his mother and he like couldn't finish so he'd have to like clean out his urethra with like a paper clip and people the teacher was like what the fuck fuck is going and, like on? the guy was like like had dementia so it was like very sad but he was like telling like graphic sexual things yeah. that he experienced with like all his first fantasies were during the holocaust <laughs> And the teacher was like, I'm so sorry. The guy's like granddaughter was like, guys, I'm really sorry. She's like escorting him around. <laughs> yeah, so guys, he, that's never happened. But that's the really cool age. Like you can really kind of talk about whatever the fuck you want. I can't wait to be, like, to be old. I'm going to shit my pants all the time. Yeah. I tell that to my wife all the time. Yeah, too. Yeah. I'm like, if anybody's expecting other than poo as like a yeah. Christmas present, they're fucking. They're yeah. Nick Swartzen has that bit about it. Yeah. And he's like, where you could, the age where you could pretend to be senile, but now everything yeah. is going on. It's the best age. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah, dude. Uh, well, with all this military talk, did you see that? Um, I think he's slotted for next commandant, but the dude that made the the comment on, um, I think it was Military Times had covered it. That like, so hold on, let me preface it, <laughs> let me set it up, let me give it the context. So a general, uh, I think he's a four star, um, had made a comment after asked, you know, what are you, what are you looking towards for retention as far as bonuses? in keeping Marines in the Marine Corps. And he answered simply, uh, earning the title is enough. Where do you, where do you think that goes as far as marketing for the Marine Corps? That might get like 11 year olds pumped up. Sure. But if I'm 18, yeah, here's the thing already. If I could go back and do it again, I probably would have went to the army, uh, or like one of the, like, cause you kind of just get a, where the money is like the Marine Corps gets like abused by, other marines and then they get abused by everyone outside Everybody's, the marine corps yeah. so it's but like there's more things you can do in the army sure. like i would have loved to have like especially when i was young and not broken yeah. like go try to be like a ranger or something they like that and not now we and not buy into tanks. like the marine corps hype yeah like the marine corps propaganda is the best yeah but i don't know man like dude, do you know how much he makes a month it's like over. I looked it up. It's like twenty grand, right? It's, uh, like it's seventeen thousand and like four hundred dollars. 
is yeah. what he makes monthly. Yeah. Well, that's the title of being a general. It's like that should be enough. But um, yeah, should that's what they should do is like make him live on like E five pay. Or when you make comments like that, just like Yelp, they take stars away. Well, like. I remember we, all the sergeants at Mikhail got lucky and all got BAH at yeah. one point because there's no barracks room. Yeah. It's COVID. Hooked us yeah. up. Thanks, COVID. Um, but yeah, like I remember we were, like I dated a girl whose sister was in the Navy and she used to be like, this was like probably eight, nine years ago. She used to be like, how come you never have money? I go, I don't make any money. Yeah. I was like, I like live in the, I like, I had drove like a shitty Acura. Yeah. I was like, I like never had money. She's like, we never like, she, we go out to dinner and stuff, but like you never, she wasn't like being mean. Yeah. She, she was, was like, like my sister, her sister was an E3 in the Navy in Mayport, Florida, got forced to live off base. So got P- BAH and then because they were forcing her to live off base, got like a hardship duty stipend. So their BAH in Florida, in Jacksonville, Florida, was like fourteen hundred or something, yeah. maybe more. But her and two other people were splitting in a a, a three bedroom apartment. Yeah, that was a thousand dollars a month rent, and it was nice. Yeah, and it was like right near the beach every month. Yeah, and she was, and then she told her sister had BAH, but like literally could have not had BAH and afforded to live there. Yeah, so she just had like a big disposable income. I'm just like, my sister always has money. And I go, and when I, I went with her to visit her sister, and her sister was like, uh, like, no, he he has no money. Marines yeah. don't have money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's great that other branches are like, Marines Aware don't make it. money. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny, too, because like, <clears throat> even on the Mew, like, this is what's crazy. I guess I'll get into the, like, the need, the, the weeds of it, but like, so you'll go on deployment, you'll get your separations pay, right? Uh, but then they, because you're not like at your house, they take away your food money. Yeah, yeah. So like the money that like you're allotted for, f- yeah, for your family <laughs> to use, they're like, we're going to take that away, but then we're going to give you the same exact amount in separations pay. So like though during the Mew, I'm not only like locked in this t- like tuna can, right? But I'm losing money while yeah. on this deployment because now I'm not. I wasn't doing comedy, which was like another avenue of like revenue, right? So, I, dude, for me, it was the worst because I was like, I'm missing out on the summer shows. I'm missing out on all of this shit. Yeah, I get it. Whatever, defend my country. I understand. The problem is, is that there's no incentive for Marines to stay. It's in. weird that you're making money though, because in DC. If I get twenty five dollars for a show, it usually costs me twenty dollars in gas and another twenty dollars yeah. in beers. And that's most of like so most of the paid shows will just cover my gas tank out there. Yeah, that which is awesome, which right? Which is cool. That's but all I care also, about. Also the best show here, so this guy Jack Trimber who's awesome, runs a show where the comics get beer free beers. Okay. I was like, that's worth it. And oh, then the dude. show I produce it had uh I just don't drink fair anymore, wins. It's here. like the there's like a artist tab or entertainer tab mm-hmm. and like they just were good like they Wilmington's don't. so good about that so like um the paid gigs uh you know you're making what you should be making for your time so it's everything's fair and the tab is usually covered i yeah. don't drink anymore so like really it's just a seltzer water for me anyway it's like free but um for the most like and that's what i like about having the Marine Corps, not necessarily as like a backup, but like it's nice to know that I have a secure job. Yeah, and I'm like, well, not that's like fretting for dude, money. Some of my like comedian friends, like a lot, it's DC, right? So a lot of guys, if you live out there, you usually make decent money. Sure. But a lot of people don't. Yeah, and it's like, uh, do we go to mice? And they're like not eating. Yeah, and they're like, okay, I can't. Like yeah. I'm like, what? They're like, I just don't have money to eat right now. Like I've like <laughs> bought people beers before where yeah. I'm like. Dude, I'm very, very. I it's not lost on me how fortunate I am, yeah. and I have an. I work for an awesome company that, uh, like, knows how to. I've never gotten my last company too. Like, knew I did comedy. They like. Yeah. I've had clips go semi-viral. Yeah. Where it's like, man, I one went viral, and I immediately called my supervisor. I was like, I quit, and I was like, no, do I need? To? And I was like, do I got to take this down? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I was like, before the dad, it was a yeah. clip where I said I wanted to smoke crack with Hunter Biden. <laughs> okay, and yeah, it got yeah. twenty five thousand views <laughs> within like an hour. Yeah, 
Um, I thought some of my uh, bits because I did a bit. On I always the, got worried um, it was going to get me in trouble. I, same here. So like that's why I try and keep everything very separate uh, as far as like military and comedy because I like the views I have definitely don't resemble like uh, resemble the or sorry reflect the military's uh, views. But like I did uh, a joke on that uh, Tennessee cop. And I thought that shit was going to go hard, dude. And it yeah, did, but you never know. Did, the algorithm's so stupid, hit. right? So I just posted a clip that was a riff uh, about, and it's like a true story, uh, where my dad took us out of school to like do manual labor on our home. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I compared it, and obviously it's an insane comparison. I got one DM from a lady who's very upset about it, yeah. where I, I said it was like, being in a concentration camp because we could watch the kids at the schoolyard through our fence play- playing <laughs> yeah. and we were there like ripping apart a driveway yeah, that's good and uh like obviously that's hyperbolic i yeah. did not feel like i was in a concentration <laughs> camp but um but even if you it got fifteen thousand views like very quickly yeah and i was like oh, here we go again because that's like the nervous part because like i really need my job i'm yeah. not getting enough of comedy to yeah. quit my job yeah but uh it's like i it's not lost on me like how Good. I have, I have a it. dumb video right now that just hit twenty k. Yeah, a views. lot of stupid shit. You it's know, just never dumb know. shit. I have like gr- like great clips, big laughs, where it's like a well structured joke that Nothing doesn't eight hundred views, yeah. and then I post one that I'm like, that's kind of funny, yeah. and then it's like that's the one I posted. It was a riff on yeah. stage off another comic's like joke. story, yeah, and. I just took it. I posted it. I was like, that's okay, I guess. Like, just to stay relevant in the yeah. algorithm, I posted. And it was, tw- like, 15,000 views. Like, yeah. And then I know people have, like, uh, my friend Brittany has, like, she has a video that has, like, I think it's, like, half a million or something like that. Shit. And she also has an important job where, yeah. like, I don't think that she'll matters. get in trouble. It's, like, a free speech. She works for, like, a free speech people, I think. Yeah. But those I don't are know what she does. Companies. She works for some someone important. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'd be worried if I were you. <laughs> but I, for me, like, I was, like, I called my boss. And he's like, now nah, they all know you. Like, he's, like, the whole the whole company knows you do comedy then they asked me to do the christmas party when i still work for them <laughs> okay i was like no i'm not getting up in front of hr and doing like j- my material, my material. Yeah. i'm not doing yeah. that no i was way. like I'm, i was like maybe next year when i don't work for you guys yeah, yeah. i was like i'll do it at the start at doing christmas fucking, party you'll end up doing i'll do it for 500 tour. bucks yeah, yeah i'll do 10 minutes for 500 bucks they would pay me too they got money it's the, <laughs> it's the military industrial complex uh well I want to thank you for coming out, man. When this is this releasing? Important. Uh, it'll be the first of oh, April. Sorry, not, um, no, it'll be the Monday after the first. So the first Monday of every month is when this releases. All right, cool. Well, we'll be right around then announcing the Veteran Comedy Festival. Yeah, dude. Yeah, if you want to shoot that out, because it'll it'll be it'll be. We probably won't announce till mid April, like officially, but okay. that's going to be coming out. So yeah, I don't yeah. know how many veteran comedians you have listening to this. We'll uh, be opening up submissions. I got a couple, actually. probably in September. And it'll be June 2024. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. I'll be. I'll and be, we're going to try to take the military industrial complex money and make them and pay for comedy. comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, where can they find you at on Instagram? Uh, Mike underscore Connell underscore comedy. Uh, and then that's all I have for social media. Um, but And then next month, me and another comedian out here dropping a podcast. First episode, we have a professional wrestler coming on yeah. uh, that I grew up with, and he's going to do some physical harm to me, so it'll be a good time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude. If you want to set trends, man, it's definitely through physical harm. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. If you guys made it this far, thank you so much. You guys are the true fans. Uh, I love you. You know where to find me, Nick underscore at underscore night. So many underscores for everybody's Instagram because there's so many names now. Uh, but yeah, hope you guys. This kid's coming all the way from Jacksonville. Give it up for the stage next. Good friend of mine, finally back in town. Coming over next to me, Mr. Nick Graciopi, everybody. <laughs> I fucking. Please, guys, have a Nick Graciopi.